Society podcast covers a variety of important and contemporary issues, including dark art as well as other kinds of art, literature, film, music, also culture, philosophy, dreams, paranormal experiences, magic, and a whole lot more than that. I'm Mike Carell, director of Chet's Art, I Like to Paint Monsters, and you are listening to the Dark Art Society podcast, hosted by renowned artist Chet Zar. Okay, hello everybody. You could tell by the sound of my defeated voice that that I'm a bit out of sorts after what just happened. Uh, I'm going to skip the intro because I just spent 20 minutes interviewing Dr. A, Bruce Whistlecraft, um, and the the audio didn't work. My computer was screwing up. My call recorder on Skype was just like recording a bunch of one second clips for some reason. So I had to restart, stop the interview. It was going so well. It was going great. I thought it was just like flowing right along. The intro was good. It's probably the best intro I've done by myself. And then <laughs> this happened. So I'm going to cut through all that bullshit and just go straight back to uh, my guest today, which is the amazing artist, sculptor, Dr. A, Bruce Whistlecraft, whatever you want to call him, he's amazing, and he's with us here. Hello. How are you doing? Hello again. Hello again. <laughs> Sorry about that. Ah. All right, it's not your fault, technology. I know, but I still feel awful Wonderful about Wonderful when it. Yeah. <laughs> Man, we were just getting into some good stuff, too. Right? So, okay, let's just do a quick overview of, uh, of, of I guess where we started before, which was you know how you got, but you're you're known. <laughs> I'm, I'm all di- discombobulated now. Okay, so let me let me start over. <laughs> so okay, uh, for those of you who don't know, Bruce does these. He's an artist. He does these amazing. Uh, people call them steampunk type toys, but he uh, on the part of the interview that you won't get to hear, he mentioned that. Uh, retro futurist was a better retro descript- futur- yeah retro futurist yes. I like that steampunk specific okay yeah, retro yeah. Futurism is anywhere never when right right it's it's yeah. more it's more open-ended all in the barrel yeah yeah so he does these amazing sculptures that at least that's what he's known for but he, you know he does all kinds of media and stuff but he's a big huge name actually in the toy world and uh, the art toy world and uh uh, let's see. What did we go over? What do we have to tell everyone again? <laughs> you started well, off how, in industrial. How, how, why am I? Why am I in the toy world? Which yeah. Why are you in the toy world? Um, how did that happen? Uh, well, kind of by accident. Kind of a bit of luck. Um, accident and and me having a skill set which which suited it at the time. I was an industrial model maker by trade, which means this <coughs> was back late eighties, early nineties. I trained. Um, to make models for um, product designers and architectural models, a bit of effects work. Um, and then I, I moved from that strain to the mainstream toy industry, um, producing prototypes. Luckily, I got to I come with a company in London where it was all blue sky designing. So you'd come up with a concept, um, design prototypes, and then pitch them to like the big like Hasbro and, and Mattel of the world and, oh, wow. and and license stuff to them. So I was, I was already designing toys right out the gate, straight out of college. Um, and then many years later, 
when I was no longer working in the mainstream toy industry because I'd basically become like sick of all the the politics involved and the wow sounds the, familiar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's very similar to, to your story of the film industry actually. The, the kind of I think I worked there for, for six years or something, and like one project actually reached the shelves because of all the, the political nonsense. And wow. Then, and I, and I, just, I just kind of got fed up with it and wanted to go and do my own thing. Um, well, what but, kind of stuff were you doing for the toy company specifically? I mean, were you <clears throat> like what what kind of toys were you making? Well, sort of toys. Oh, it was it was like board games and action figures. Oh, wow. And anything anything and everything it was like come up with a concept and and oh that's kind yeah. of that's kind of cool i mean that's kind of a yeah, cool job stuff. it was a cool job yeah and it was a great company to be with um <coughs> but it's the interaction with other companies where it all falls apart unfortunately <laughs> yeah right right yeah too many cooks too many too yeah. many um producers basically classic yes all they have their day and all not knowing yeah <coughs> Sorry, I have a cough. I have a cough. Um, yeah, the camel, the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back was a, a project which required uh, magnets to work. It was a bunch of little action figures that all had these actions where you plugged in a thing that had a magnet, so it made something else, you right. know, an action. Um, and eventually, after all the tooling and the packaging, and they all shipped, and none of them worked because somebody at some point late in the chain had decided that to save money, they would leave the magnets out. Oh, no. Really? Uh, yeah, because that was that was the most expensive single component. <laughs> so stupid, and so nothing worked. And they were like, "Nothing works." Like, yeah, because you left the thing. Do you not understand? How did, no, you don't. You, you don't understand. So, yeah. Anyway, Amazing. you come across things like this in the film industry. Oh, I'm sure. God, yes. Yeah, you have no idea. Yeah, it sounds very similar. I think anytime there's money, big money involved, things get yeah. like that. You know. People get jitsy when there's money. It's understandable. There's there's, yeah, there's totally. a lot of money on it. They get jitsy. Everything's got to be justified. And right. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, you get too many people in the chain, and it, it's something. But you know, I'm, I don't do that anymore. I got out yeah. of that because. <laughs> <much>, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Well. Uh, yeah. So. You you have so a really. What is, yeah. What's that? So where did I go? I went from there to, I'm saying that the, the toy, toys as an art form wasn't a thing back then. I mean, there were right. people doing toys. Yeah, back then there was, do you remember those Billiken yeah. final kits? Remember the, do you remember the monster? Oh, yeah. Those things were amazing. Yeah, yeah. Those were in the eighties, I think late eighties, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I sort of, I got into like the garage kit industry a bit when right. I was, got out of the, the mainstream toy industry and, and their Japanese animation was just coming up like Akira and stuff mm -hmm. just come out getting really popular and you could not get Japanese kits in the UK at all. So I started sculpting some of the characters oh, and like wow. doing basically my own garage kits and things. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then I suppose a bit later from that, this, this whole art toy thing started coming up. It's like toys based on works from artists. And yeah. because I've done, had, had all my grounding in the toy industry, it was just a perfect fit for me. And, I was lucky enough to get in on that scene as it was just just beginning, really. I got my foot in the door really early, and that was a huge help. I mean, yeah. I could probably have got in later on, but, um, I mean, by now it's it's, it's much, much tougher to, to make a name for yourself mm -hmm. now. But back then it was, it was like, it was all new ground. It was all, all uh, <clears throat> everybody was, like, doing everything for the first time. So Right. Yeah, that's always the best time to get in somewhere. 
yeah. the potential is 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 uh, infinite at that point. You know, it's definitely lucky in that sense, but but you still have to work hard. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> it's not all luck. It's uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, it's, and it's not all talent either. It's the other thing. People say, "Oh, you're so talented." It's like, uh, <laughs> maybe I'm talented, but I also work like my ass oh, off. Yeah, yeah. saying I know, I know people incredibly talented artists who do work their ass off, um, and still have never managed to make a name for themselves just because. Right. I don't know why. I don't understand why some of the people I know are not insanely. Oh yeah, right. Insanely famous across exactly. the planet. I know of so many artists that it's just like, <clears throat> if this world was a, was a, was good, <laughs> they would be yeah. millionaires. If, if everything was yeah. right in the world, these people would be millionaires because their work yeah. is so amazing, but that's not the world we live in. But uh, what, what toys, what companies did you start working for with the art toy thing? Like what were the first so, toys, you, you know, first companies you started working with? The first art toy was 2004. Or I think 2004, um, and that was with October Toys, mm. um, which is uh, oh, George, that, yeah, George, uh, uh, George and Aileen at the time, yeah, George Gaspar, who was, was right, George uh, Gaspar, yeah, way break thing, and he's he's now Double G Toys. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, I'm mm. out of the loop with the toy thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was the Gwyn. That was my first production toy, and I'm trying to think where I went from. Then there was Mind Style, and I did. I got straight into Mactorians really early on. Oh yeah, Mind Style. Mind Style. They weren't around long. I think they've kind of they kind of come back a bit now. But they, yeah, that was the toys were awesome. They, they took the t- team that did the toys with Mind Style. Yeah, really, really, really on the ball. The technical side was brilliant, and those toys are just so good. Really? And I was really lucky. Mm. really lucky that. and then i've worked with kid robot and um hopper and oh god there's a there's a, a loaded game uh, loaded names monkey king wow so you've basically worked with all of them <laughs> pretty much quite, but a lot of them and i'm I, you know I, I i i get out there and i pitch stuff i'm very proactive with stuff i don't wait for people to come to me i mean people people have come to me and said do you want to do a piece with us which mm-hmm. is wonderful but i'll i'll go out there and just send stuff People, I find out who's who to send stuff to. Find an email address and oh, really? send stuff. Hi, hi, I've got this design, mm-hmm. and just, just yeah, put stuff in front of people. It's like, well, they, you know, if they say no, that's fine. It's, right, it's yeah, great. Absolutely, but start a conversation. Nothing, you don't get anywhere. So. I know it's amazing how much, how far you can get with just reaching out and trying to contact people and not, oh, being, yeah. not being afraid of rejection or, you know, because it's, yeah. it's yeah. I, I can't tell you, I've had so many. Per people <clears throat> get something f- out of me from just contacting me that they, you know, oh, it's, they, they'll yeah. write me, oh, I, I know you probably won't answer this, but blah, 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 that end up being, you know, getting in a show or, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. huge. It's huge. And now with the, like, the technology, you you. Yeah, yeah, you should always, you should always go for it, you know, when it comes to that sort oh, of thing. Yeah. yeah, don't be afraid to email people. It's, it's easier than ever, especially like email's great as well because it's like, it's kind of personal, but it isn't. It's not. It's right. it's a step back, like phoning somebody out. Exactly. Of the yeah. It's it's so perfect for someone like me, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who's like a, like kind of shy and embarrassed to talk to people. Oh, I'm terrible. I can't I can't talk on the phone to people. If I haven't met somebody, right. I do not want to talk on the phone. <laughs> I know what they look like. I can deal with it. It's some weird phone phobia. Yeah. I know that it's not for me. I hear a lot of people say that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same way. So d- d- when you have a toy made. Uh, um, 
because you, you you use a really strange process for making your your toys. Like you're you're it's kind of like kit bashing, right? In a way, they used to call what it you kit, mean? kit bashing in the in the in the yeah, old, yeah. old days of the film industry with like the model yeah my gallery pieces you mean rather than the toy the yeah yeah product. well i'm wondering if, yeah the way you do your right your gallery pieces are kind of one-offs correct yes yes, yes. one off small runs like three or four sometimes i'll make i'll make a small run of things and then and then after that it's like getting to doing resin casts of things like like you do yeah um, i watched there Oh, I'm sorry. I, I I watched on your uh, on your Patreon because uh, you have a uh, excellent Patreon. That um, thank you. Uh, how Patreon's you? Uh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. I keep telling everybody Patreon's a future, and there's yeah. still pe- still people are resisting. But um, it, it was cool to see your process because I didn't really. It's I was always wondered how the hell were you doing it because everything's so clean because you're doing these robots and it's not like you know it's like how the hell is he doing this I couldn't figure it out and then I re- realized you're doing this kind of kit bashing and lots of like polystyrene parts and and it, yeah it's like any almost anything that works is the way I mean that's that's from the, the model making background as well and you know right. like the way they used to make the spaceships in, yeah. in the uh, you know the old Star Wars yeah. stuff before before it was all CG you get. Mm-hmm. You bulk out the shape in in styrene or acrylic or whatever, and 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 then you 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 stick greeblies all over it and and um, yeah, add the detail, you know, levels and levels of detail and stuff. And it's, and it's super fun. fun. Oh yeah, it's such a fun um, way to work. I, I I I use a lot of found stuff, like old repurposed bits of of oil lamps and mm. uh, old mechanical things and. Um, but also a lot of like pure acrylic shapes, like mm. like hemispheres and, and right. egg forms and cubes and tubes and 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 block out shapes like that. Like when you do a painting, you you know, or, or a clay sculpture, you block out a shape and then and then work into that shape. So right. inset things, add on to it, and um, but yeah, because I mean, it, it helps. That way is perfect for a mechanical thing like a like a robot. And and then you know, I do a lot of freehand sculpting as well with epoxies and and. Mm-hmm. Wherever it needs, I need to get the shape. Really, if I can, if I can generate it, I'll generate it. Because, because why sculpt a, a sphere if you can buy a sphere? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah. Start start with with simple forms and and um, and work into it. And and often things will be whole ideas for characters will be triggered by a piece of junk I find it, like a flea market or something. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, or, or I have an idea for a character, and then those are the ones that take the longest. When I have an idea for a character and, and the look of it in my head, and I'll, I'll think like I need there's something I need for this this shoulder structure or something. And I've got this this vibe in my head for this piece, and then I'll just like go looking for it, and I know kind of keep project boxes for different characters, and oh. it can take a couple of years sometimes until like you know I'll know there's like. There's a bit from a compressor or a bit from a lamp or something that would do this job perfectly. I just have to track one down. Right. <laughs> something like eBay and hunt one down and pay stupid money for it. But mostly I'll wait until something I come across something in, in a junk store or something mm. and, and then amass the pieces I need to build that character. Right. And those those you know, like the, the bigger, more complicated ones. I mean, generally they're around a foot tall, but I've done like two or three foot characters. Wow, really? I didn't know that. He says, yeah. Um, well, that piece we did together is kind of big. 
That is. That ends up quite large. I, I, we have around, to, isn't it? Yeah, we have to sell that thing. I've, I've got yeah. it. It's all wrapped up and taken apart. <laughs> we need to sell that thing. It's amazing. It's probably the best. It's the best collaboration. It was a big, was a big ask. It was a big, oh, that was nice to know. It's a big ask for people to buy that, though. It was. It's it was amazing, a, though. It's worth it. it. It's worth it. Yeah. I wouldn't want to sell it for any less than that, man. It's really good. And it's right, it's it's definitely the best collaboration piece I've ever done. Because I've got a weird thing about collaboration pieces. Like, you, I feel like a lot of times collaborations, unless you get the right artists together, they don't, they look like two artists <laughs> did something, just kind of jammed yeah. their styles together. But the, 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 the one with you and me, I, I thought was just perfect. Like, it totally looked like its I'm own. Really I'm really pleased you think that. It's made me all feel all fuzzy, that has. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. It was, I couldn't believe that. that oh, it's really pieces pleased how it went, me. Yeah, it was great. It was super cool. So maybe we'll, maybe I'll use that for the, the image of the, the promo image. Yeah. <laughs> and it's available if anybody wants it. That's right, yes. And, it, and Chet's got it as well, so shipping from in the U.S. is uh, not a problem. That's true, but it's not cheap. <laughs> it's not. But worth it. But it's worth it. Yes, it's, yeah. it's very cool. So do you, do you, I'm curious just from a technical standpoint, because I, you know, I do molds and all that business when you're, when you're building the thing, do you kind of engineer it to where you're able to mold it? Because there's so many weird undercuts, especially when you got like weird little not, mechanical parts. Yeah. Mostly the, the gallery pieces tend not to be with that in mind because it's, it's too restrictive. If, if I'm doing yeah, something totally. to be molded, I would set out with that in mind in the first place right. and construct so that it can be disassembled and the parts can be molded. Okay. If, if it's a gallery, if it's a gallery piece show or one-off sculpture. It's, I, I look at it more as a, a pure assemblage. Yeah. It's not going to be reproduced. Absolutely. That's the whole yeah. Point. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. It probably could, but it would be a real tough thing. To do. Yeah. And that's kind of the point of a, of a gallery piece really. It's like you want somebody to, to own that who, who knows you, you you could do another version. I could always do a version of that character as a production toy later on, but it would be a massively simplified version, right? With with element, elements cut out of it or changed in order to make it able to be produced. Yeah, it's not really what to do my mind when I'm making a gallery show piece at all. No, I don't. I don't worry about reproducing. Yeah, yeah, that that <clears throat> makes perfect sense actually. Yeah, um, there are different things in my head. A, a production toy, a resin self-produced piece and a gallery show piece are completely different kind of um through lines from the idea to the final piece right right yeah you have more you don't have any restrictions on a on a on a gallery piece basically no, no i can, I can do total free free sky do whatever i want yeah that yeah What's i mean your, you've, got the, you've got the physical requirements of, of making something that's going to stand obviously and, and right a lot of times they have to be able to be taken apart for shipping purposes. Yeah, and stuff. yeah, that's, yeah. That's gotta... Everything I do, I have to ship. There's virtually, virtually never I show in the UK because I'm based in the UK. I'm up in the moors in Yorkshire and I have to ship everything, everything out. So everything has to come apart and be easily put back together, you know, as, as easily as possible. I mean, this is always a thing. It always seems easy to put together to me because I built it and I yeah. try and make it. <laughs> but as I've learned sending things to show, sometimes it's not as clear as I'd hoped it would be, yeah, but you know, things upside down. <laughs> yeah. Wrong with them. Yeah. But Hey, <laughs> yeah, that's gotta be kind of a, kind of a bitch. I mean, I take it for granted living in LA that half the time or I can have my kid even go drop a, a painting or a sculpture off for me, but you have to ship everything. 
It can be traumatic, especially. I mean, I haven't done a show for quite a few years, like a big show. Mm. Um, but I would do. I would do like ten months of work and put it into like three or four crates That's, and uh, ship it. And, and like until it's all unpacked at the other end, you're just like, this stuff could just vanish into the void. Oh, I know it's scary. I mean, I had a box once turn up with a clearly like a forklift truck prong had gone through this. Oh my the god, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, and that was that was like you know stuff like that. It's you. No matter how well you pack something, yeah, you can't. I, I heard a story from an, yeah, I heard a story from an artist. Um, had the same thing happen. A forklift just went straight through the box and right through the mm. middle of the painting. You know, just nothing, yeah, <laughs> nothing you can do about that. Yeah. But well, there is insurance, so it's it's expensive yeah. though to ship from the UK, right? Because it's I, yeah. I do I well, do. A, I do shipping to the UK a lot through my business, and it's it's expensive, man. It's like one of the most ex- shipping shipping from the states to the UK is worse than shipping the other way. So. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah, when I get stuff sent from 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 the US to me, it, it always seems way more expensive. Yeah. Than going, maybe I've just learned all the tricks because I've been doing it for so long. Right. Yeah. Do you do uh, yeah priority shipping? Yeah, usually it's just all it's all FedEx with me. So oh, FedEx, like, okay, yeah. Door to door, they've never let me down. So other companies let me down, but yeah, Touchwood, I'm still alright with FedEx. I, I know the guys that come and pick my stuff up. And, oh, cool, that's always good. Yeah, sort of. You know, they've been coming for so many years now. It kind of. So you just build the stuff and they great. come and pick it up. That's great. They come and pick it up straight from my house and deliver it straight to the gallery. And, that's, yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah. What's your uh what's your workshop look like? Have you posted any pictures of your workshop on Patreon yet? Not no. I've just well my studio I have a workshop in the basement, which is the machine shop, which okay. is like where the little stuff is done. Um where which I've so I've half rebuilt this no last year now, I suppose. I built a new big new work surface and, and uh, a big work area and made it made try to make it all like you know, like you could draw a tank over it because everything used to like wobble and I was like, no. Right. Um, and I'm I'm halfway through building a um, dedicated spray booth with extractor systems oh, and stuff like that. One of those things I'm like going, I should have done it years ago, and I never did. Right. And you know, getting by with, with you know fans and window. Because <laughs> um, yeah, you can't go outside and do it here because it's always like tipping it down and it's cold and it's yeah damp and yeah. stuff. That kind of messes with the resins. <laughs> Oh yeah, I can't do resin in my house at all. So I, I farm all my resin casting out now because it's just where I live is not conducive wow. to it's it's damp all the time. It's like, right. you know, I live in I live on the moor, so it's like it's it's mossy and damp and wonderful all the right. time. Yeah, yeah. Like, great for inspiration, beautiful. but <laughs> great to go out and wander in and, and it's the most beautiful. It's like like a brown frown painting, but it's terrible for resin. So but it's fine because Honestly, I've done years and years of making molds and casting and cleaning resins up and stuff. And I'm like, if I can pay somebody else to do that now. Absolutely. Right. You know, I, I pay somebody else. So like, I help I help them by, by right. you know, some income. And I don't have to do the, the filthy, disgusting stuff anymore. Yeah. And that's great. And that, that, that frees up more time for me to do the prep work and design work and stuff. So it all works out fine. Oh, yeah. Um, and then in the attic is my work, is my studio. Hmm. Workshops in both studios in the attic, which is more the the, the model making side, and um, I have a dedicated drawing table there, and the computer stuff's all up there. But I've just I've just redecorated all of that, ripped it all out, and and 
rejigged it and I'm, I'm, I've not taken any final photos yet so of the new space um so no i was posted a few bits on patreon but but i haven't done a final photo shoot yet which i should do because i just i, I just started working straight away and it's like yeah i know I should, should have taken some nice photos before i kind of messed it all up again yeah <laughs> i know what you mean um uh, on the walls and stuff and it's it feels like home already so. yeah that's great that's great but so, i will be posting photos yeah yeah yeah, every, what's your what's your? I'll, I'll put it a uh, link, but um, in the description. But can you say your Patreon? Do you know your uh, Patreon it's, address? It's um, I think it's Mectorians Patreon dot com Mectorians. Okay, cool. However it works, however it works, they're all Mectorians Patreon. I can never remember which it's way around. Pa- Patreon Patreon dot com forward slash Mectorians. Yeah, it's either Mectorians or Doctor A. Oh, Doctor A. I can't remember. Okay, well, I'll put a link. Either of those things, but there's if you go to Mectorians.com, there's links to all my social media. Oh, cool. Instagram and and um, and everything on there. So yeah, more people join Patreon. It's wonderful. I mean, I follow you on Patreon. Like this, this, it's just great seeing all the step by step. Oh yeah, I follow you too. It's it's, It's great. Inspirational. Yeah, it's great. Like like. uh, I don't know what we were saying the last. I don't know if we. I don't know if it was this recording or the one that screwed up. But it is the future. Patreon is the future. Yeah. It's just a matter of getting people there. Yeah, quite. Once they're there, they love it. Yeah, that's what I've found. Most yeah. most people really enjoy it. It's not like, yeah, people think it's just going to be another um, Facebook that they have to pay for, and it's it's not at all. No, totally different. It's like Facebook and Instagram, but without all the things you hate about Facebook and Instagram. So it's, it's like <laughs> yeah. worth the dollar or five dollars a month yeah. or whatever. That's that's what there was. I was it helps people. Yeah, directly artist, which is like just so good. It's it's wonderful. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing. It's it's so that's, amazing. That's my thing now. I try and I I mean I'm on there all the time. as much more than the other social medias and. Um, that's if anybody wants to contact me, that's the place. If, if any of my, my followers post a question, I will answer it on there. That's, that's my thing. It's like, you will get an answer. Exactly. Yeah. It's amazing. Of course you'll get an answer. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. These people and these people that support us on Patreon are the fucking best. They are. And we love they you. Are, it's they... amazing. You don't realize how important it is. You know, you, you no, know. I don't do realize how just a couple of bucks a month just makes, can make all the difference. It's yeah. Yeah, it is. Just get that little bit of pressure off. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's great. It's been life changing for me. I love it. So, um, what about you? Said you worked in the film industry for a bit. <laughs> or were you joking? Because yeah. <laughs> uh, well, no, this was right. So, uh, 1990, We got to be what? We're close to the same age because you're talking in years that I I remember. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm 48 now. Okay. I'm, I just turned 51. So we're close enough. Yeah. Close enough. Yeah. You we, were, you were, you were working. I was trying to get in, I think it was like about the time. Right. We so both, I, we both I, remember I, a time without I, the internet and email. Oh yeah. <laughs> I remember when pages were like a big deal. Right. <laughs> that was like new technology. Um, so yes, yeah, so I think it was 90 around then anyway i went for a job interview at pinewood studios with image oh. animation oh wow um to do, to do hellraiser 3 wow that would have been cool so they just they'd just done nightbreed because there was a nightbreed stuff was all over the workshops right 
I worked um, on that. <laughs> line braid. Yeah, I did like a, a pickup shot where we p- apply a makeup just for one day of the, that they had created. It was pretty cool. Right. Yeah. So so I went. Me and a friend um, went. It, it, somehow I can't even remember how we'd got this this contact. But yeah, we went. We went to to show him our stuff and uh, met Bob Keen and talked over. And he was like, "Yeah, great, love it. Yes, right. You got the job. You can you can work and the crew. So I was going to be the first in mm-hmm. to." Uh, uh, to the film industry, but then it was like, okay, there's a, there's a few weeks till it starts, um, and we'll call you back. And within those few weeks, the production changed and moved to LA, and they were like, yeah, we're not taking anybody. We're going to hire everybody. Oh man! And and that was the end of that. So I was like in the film industry with that <laughs> for like two weeks, but never actually got on. But whilst I was there, whilst I was at the interview, we come out and they were filming Alien Three in the lot next door. Mm. So we literally just walked across the road and we just walked into the workshops where they were doing all the sculpting oh, and, cool. and stuff. And we were just, um, so that was, that was what Woodruff and Gillis, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was great work. In there. So we, we were hanging around waiting for them and we were just like walking around looking at the, the sculpts of the, <laughs> the of alien and stuff. And, you know, I didn't know until years later about all the chaos on the filming and, and right. how things was, um, and yeah, so we were just like talking to the guys that were sculpting and wandering around. We were there for like a good half an hour just poking stuff until like <laughs> Woodruff I walked in the door and went, you can't be in here. Nobody's allowed to be in here. We were like, going, no, but look, can we show us your work? He's like, no, 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 out. <laughs> really? Um, which is a shame because my friend, friend has a chap called Julian Hatswell who's an amazing sculptor and painter. And he'd done this Giga-esque sculpture and he had it, had it with him, but they wouldn't look at it. Ah, really? Uh, yeah. That sucks. So I often wonder, like, you know, looking back, that's one of those where worlds diverged at that point. Like, if I'd have got into the film industry at that point, where that's, would I be now? Yeah, it's good you didn't. <laughs> it's yeah, it's I mean, good that you didn't. People, it was just after that when I was trying again. Um, I can't remember where it was another company tried to get. I can't remember who they were now. But I remember going and, and one of the guys who was working there said, yeah, don't, don't come and work here because you'll work you know, 28 hours a day, um, get no credit for it. And, right. and like, just burn out. He said, like, go away. <laughs> you know, wait until they, they invite you to come back. Right. To design the movies. And, and that's where you want to, want to be. That's so where you have true. fun. When you're that end of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I went away and, and, you know, long, long route round have ended up being an artist, but I'm still waiting for people to phone up. <laughs> Well, to, uh, a movie for him, so. yeah, well, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the thing is, <laughs> you know, you'll end up, you, 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 you ended up getting in early where you probably would have ended up if you got in the film business like me and then had to like yeah. get, got all comfortable with a p- good paying job and then had to work your way out of it to try and do the fine art. It's like, you just kind of, yeah. you bypass that, which is pretty great, really. Yeah, well, I, I suppose I, I jumped because that was before I went into the toy industry. So I, I went, I went from there rather okay. than. Yeah, I ended up going to the toy industry. Right. So that's that's the route I've taken. So, so the toy industry to you was like makeup out. effects to me, sort of in a way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Interesting. And it, the thing is, because I didn't work in the industry, I can, I still love, you know, watching effects movies, and I, I pour over the the extras right. and, <laughs> make and stuff. And it's like if I'd have. If I'd have done it for a living, I'd probably hate it. It does take a little. I mean, I having gotten some distance, I, I was really hating it towards the end. I was really, I was so bitter and angry and 
hateful towards it. But now I'm I'm back to like a normal person with it. Like I, I can appreciate it. But it does kind of take a little bit of the fun out of it when you know how everything's made. You know exactly what materials they're using and you know who did that sculpture. And it kind of takes you out of the movie a little bit. You know what I mean? Right. But yeah. It's all good. I'm I'm glad for the experience. It was it was a good experience. But you know, it took me maybe a year or two being out of the industry to fully appreciate it. You know, yeah. which, which you know maybe I don't. Maybe you feel that way about the the toy industry that you were in before you started. Oh yeah, I completely, I, I completely stepped away from the toy industry. Um, I mean, I was in <clears throat> before any before I went to college. I worked for Games Workshop doing all the, all the, the tabletop miniature stuff. Oh, cool. That was my first job out of school when I was sixteen. So I'd, like I'd done. Fun. It, it was fun, yeah. Um, but not something I could have done for a career. I don't. Right. So I had, had that stuff as well, and then, um, but then after the toy, after I got out of working for the mainstream toy industry, I, I totally quit that and I went home to gallery. Yeah, I wanted was, to ask you about that. I had no idea for like what six years or eight years eight, or something. Eight years. eight years in the end, it was, and that was in Brighton. And it sounded like a like a my kind of gallery. It, it was, was like, oh, absolutely. It was, it was absolutely. like a dark art gallery, probably the first it was, one. It was actually a dark art in the title. What was um, the title? Well the, well, the gallery itself was called Arkham. Okay. Um, after after Lovecraft, because right. I was a huge Lovecraft fan. Um, but when I tried, this was like at the start of the internet, and I tried to get an Arkham, the Arkham name, um, for a website. And I, you know, this is this is way back when. Right. Um, this would have been pre two thousand, yeah, like ninety eight, something like that. Wow, we started. Um, That's way ahead of so, the curve. Yeah, so, but but Arkham was also a Batman thing, so Arkham, everything was all Batman on the mm. internet. So I couldn't just get Arkham as a title, and so I ended up being Arkham Dark Art was the website name. Wow, I had no idea. And it was it was literally yeah, it was like all old school um, illustration, lot black and white pen and ink illustration and um fancy and horror stuff and a, a strong lovecraft vibe and wow. i remember at one time i had something like 14 different love different cthulhu idols in stock which was, <laughs> that was like at the time the most anywhere on the planet had yeah well, i remember i remember talking to joel harlow back around 2000 about getting some of his his lovecraft sculptures in the shop and stuff wow and, I never managed to pull it off because the shipping was going to be so crazy and getting them over from the states and and stuff. And they, you know, right? I think I don't know if Bill Harlow was in the film industry back then, but he's he's gone on to be to yeah. big things. Yeah, definitely. That's and amazing. There was, there was a lot of people. That's like uh, yeah. that's like the first, definitely the first dark art gallery in the UK for sure, and maybe oh yeah in the world because um, I don't well, know what no, it wasn't. Well, because I had a I had a a magazine which I picked up in a secondhand shop, which was from um, the Dark Arts Parlor, which was somewhere that used to be in LA. Really? And I never managed to know what it was called. It was called Dark Art Parlor. Huh. And they right. put a like a quarterly journal out for a bit. Hmm. And I had like one copy of it, like a badly thumbed copy that I'd found in a secondhand shop. Wow. And and never really managed to find out much about this place, but I don't think it was around for long. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, a, that's amazing. Somewhere, in, somewhere in the place. Um, and yeah, I had um, there's a fella called I, I put on. I mean, it was like it was a, it was a shop at the front half and a gallery space at the back half. And I'd, I sold jewelry and I sold mm. like goth music 
Right. And towards the end, twins, towards the end, the gallery side sort of wound down and it became more a shop and I'd sell, I sold right. books and clothes, everything. I, I was to remember being described as um, an after-lifestyle shop. <laughs> and I also got described by the, the, a fellow called Gavin Bradley, Gavin Badley, who was at that time the head of the Church of Satan in the UK. <laughs> um, and he, he described my shop as the most satanic shop in Britain. <laughs> like interview with the Guardian or something at the time. And, oh. and uh, this reminded me, um, there was a, um, a group of people called the Jesus Army at the time who were like kind of born again Christian type mm-hmm. um, group. And they attempted to exercise my shop. Oh, excellent. Kind of call it vigilant shops, try and like you can't, rid the town of evil spirits. You can't like, buy publicity like that. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Wow. Yeah, it's in a little in a little back street in in Brighton, which is on the south coast, and uh, it was in the same road. I found out much later there was um, just up from where I was. There was a shop that was owned by Genesis Porridge. Oh one, wow. Um. Oh man, what, were they, what was that called? His band and. Um, Throbbing Gristle, Psychic TV. Throbbing Gristle and stuff. Yeah, Psychic TV. <clears throat> it, it shopped in the same road, apparently. Oh, that's amazing. Later. Yeah, I just... just my, kind, oh, kind of funny. Yeah, the last interview I did with Jason Louvre, uh, this guy who's like a magician, occultist, writer. Um, he's really, really cool, really smart dude. He worked with Genesis for years. Like, he, have you ever seen that, uh, the, psych, the Psychic Bible? The book that Genesis published, he was oh, yeah. he's the yeah, guy. Yeah, no, not... yeah, he's the guy who kind of translated that for him and put it into book form. Right. So he he studied under Genesis to be a magician. Pretty amazing. He was saying he's he said he was a really cool dude. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so eight years at a gallery, man. Eight years, That's... yeah, and then the internet did call me in the end. I wasn't fast enough with the internet. Oh, I didn't really. really understand the internet when it came up, and I didn't didn't get on that bus fast enough as it were yeah but it's probably better because you ended up doing your own thing your own art yeah and then but that helped when i was doing my art that i thought and i've really got to get the hang of this internet thing right. and get, of pushing my stuff on the social medias that would like you know back back in the day and then you know, that was like when it was like live journal and things right right um like, before facebook yeah there was a time before facebook myspace um, <laughs> MySpace, yeah, exactly, all that stuff. Um, but then I, you know, I had to learn to like push it, and 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 it it did really well for me. But you know, back before they were choking artists, right? <laughs> people would actually see it. Yeah, right. So that, that was all. That was all good timing as well. So, so why why did you quit the uh, the gallery shop thing? Just just because the the sales had moved to the internet, I think, because like so your sales were faltering that much. The sales were, were dropping off. People wanted to buy on the internet, and I remember at the time people would would they you know the PayPal was a brand new thing. I didn't understand PayPal. Right. Like, you know, I, I don't understand Bitcoin now, and I think it's the same as like how I felt about PayPal yeah, back in the day. I know, which means you should probably get into it. <laughs> no, you can't give me that for stuff. Right. <laughs> but but um, the, the the internet's great for real niche stuff, and I was selling Lovecraft stuff. Right. I did sell. I did sell on the internet, but I couldn't. I, you know, you run a shop, you have overheads and stuff, oh, so yeah. I can't compete with. This. And then, and uh, people were already starting to sell direct. Artists were selling direct, so they didn't. They didn't need middlemen anymore. So yeah, galleries are really hard I to think run. 
had his time anyway, you know. It's you know, totally. Yeah. Time. And I moved on and did other things. And I wouldn't be doing this if I was still doing that. Yeah, yeah. And I don't miss it. I did it. I did it quite long enough. Oh yeah, it's it hard. It's it's you know, every time I see Gary and Erica at Copra setting up a show, I'm just like, oh my god. You know, yeah. it sounds like when you say I want to open a gallery, I've thought about opening a gallery, and then I started working at, with uh, more closely with Gary and Erica at Copra, and I'm like, I don't don't want to open a gallery. It's it's really hard work, man. Spend all your time chasing people. Oh yeah, and and yeah. So I, no, I, I try. I try now, as from the artist side, to not ever let people down right. galleries and if i can't do something or if something comes up that stops me taking part in something i try and let them know as soon as possible oh yeah 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 right, right from the get-go as well with things if you know i get asked to do a lot of things and right from the get-go i'll have to turn people down because i think it's better it's better to say no at the start and not be involved than absolutely than the day before the show opens <laughs> can't do this thing something came up which you possibly knew about in the first place it's, right yeah, i know i knew these people about because I've been on the other side of that, and it's you know, when yeah. you get to a week of week before an opening of somebody's show that they've had like six months to put together, and you suddenly discover that they either decided to burn the lot because it wasn't good enough to start <laughs> again, or they didn't actually do anything at all. Right, right. It's, you know, I don't think it happens as often as that, but it happened a couple of times to me back then, and I was like, yeah, this is yeah, yeah. It, it happens a, a there's, lot. There's solid artists, and there's really really flaky artists. What's but, that? Know, there's solid. I said, there's solid artists and there's really flaky there artists. There is. You know, there, there's some... solid galleries and there's really flaky galleries. <laughs> there really is, you know, I, I hate to say it, but my experience is that, you know, having um, uh, curated the Conjoined show, for example, and some other shows, there definitely is a kind of flaky, crazy side to the artistic personality. I mean, there there really is. <laughs> it's, people like to say, oh, artists are just like everybody else, but they're they're not really. I, I found a, a, most of them are... In a, it, scale, what's that? It's a sliding scale, though. You know? Yeah, yeah Some right. Very, very crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's, yeah. And it's not bad. It's, it's just like, you know, you got to know that... Ability either. <laughs> <laughs> you got to just know that going into it. Artists are a little oh, bit yeah. different than everybody else. It's true, yeah. you know. Right. So, who who did you show there? What was did you ha ha What was your biggest name? Do you ha do you have like a big name you showed at your gallery? Um, biggest name: John Coulthard and Dave Carson would have been the biggest names. But they're like anybody who's a love follows Lovecraft or has followed Lovecraft since the seventies, eighties will know the names. But I don't. John Coulthard, you still see his stuff around. He does, still does illustrations for, um, uh, he's, he, like, collected editions and things. But um, Dave Carson was a, a very, very popular artist. He did a lot of very fine dot work, pen and ink mm. illustrations. You, yeah, I, I bet you'd know his stuff if you saw okay, it. Okay, yeah. So it was very Lovecraft-centric, your Basically, gallery. Almost Lovecraft, yeah, Lovecraft and, 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 and all that that spin-off stuff and like classic horror. He, he was in a lot of, um, you get a lot of like the, the compilations of horror short stories with illustrations by, and right, they'd be the right, guys. Right, right. Those were great. That was the sort of love, you know, and um, Ian Miller, he had his stuff as well. He was a local artist. That's cool. Um, you know, That's cool. He'd work with like Frank, um, Ralph Bakshi and things on, oh, on cool. um, it was that kind of stuff, the more fantasy type of, right. type of thing. And he sort of just, just, dark dark artists that I'd, I'd found there's a lot of people in Brighton at that time that did weird little 
um, like um, shadow boxes with with broken nails and oh. you know that sort of work from early early Nine Inch Nails album covers mm, and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of a symbol. Type stuff. Vogue, you know, dissected dolls, burnt dolls. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of that going on at the time, yeah, yeah. and that's that's the sort of stuff I I, I had and sold and. That's cool. So but, when when did you when did you get into Lovecraft? Oh God, I can't even remember. Just forever. As a kid. Since I was a kid. Yeah. Just. Just I think I think from the. Because I was in into the the fantasy role playing stuff. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, you know, yeah, and, me too. and and then then the first Lovecraft role playing game came out, and I got into that, and then I read all the stories and. And then there was the, you know, the reanimator movies came out and it was just, yeah, just for always. So, yeah, it's amazing stuff. That was yeah. And it's, it's still, it's still a thread in my work, but yeah, yeah. You know, not robots. You know, every now and again, I'll go and break out and do it, just go and sculpt something for the fun of it. And it'll probably be Lovecraftian because that's just the kind of my cozy place to go to. You know? <laughs> yeah. You've got a lot of, uh, uh, I, I, I was listening to an interview online of yours and somebody mentioned hey. somebody what's that you swatted up for this <laughs> yeah i did <laughs> <laughs> i do a little bit of research before i do these interviews unless i really know the person super well for years yeah. but um uh yeah you were one of those people that we that that i t- don't know very well but when i met you i felt like i just knew you forever it was kind of weird yeah, that's cool. Yeah, me too. Yeah, uh, you just we click. So I, I, I'm not sure I remember hearing how I heard about your stuff, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I saw it. I remember, remember it making sense to me, and I've like had it on the walls ever since. Oh, cool! It's great meeting you. Yeah, yeah, and working with you. That's yeah. just amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. Um, oh, what was I going to say? Uh, we were talking about Lovecraft. Oh, uh, someone mentioned in an interview, or you mentioned it that even though you're doing robots, they are kind of Lovecraftian. There's a lot of tentacles there, <laughs> which you don't there usually, you don't usually expect tentacles and robots to go no, together, but no, you... there's always tentacles in there. And even the mustaches, you know, almost, almost all my popular stuff has got huge mustaches, right. but, but my mustaches are prehensile. The robots tend not to have arms. They tend mm-hmm. to have prehensile mustaches. So <laughs> you know, if, you, if you saw that animated, that would be very tentacle tentacular it would be quite strange oh it'd be amazing yeah yeah so, you have to make a movie but, uh, yeah <laughs> well, I mean, i'd love to is that what if, any, that... if anybody listening works for leica yeah and yeah. wants to make a movie i know a guy I'm who works all for over that i know a guy who works for leica but he's he's not like a, a high up guy but he does work in the no, shop I'm, yeah me too but not a high up guy and i only kind of vaguely know him through his dad were we talk were we talking about the in the, in the part, the po- first part of the podcast that didn't record, or is that when we talked about your movie idea? Um, possibly, I can't remember what was in that version. <laughs> I think we but did. I, I, have got, I have got ideas. Yeah. I'm not so good. I'm not so good with like. I don't have a story, right? But I have a, I have a style guide, and I have a, a written guide to the world explaining how everything works and the geography of right. city and strata as a society and all that i've got all that worked out yeah, yeah. and each uh, i mean there's 200 plus characters now wow and they all have their own biography and they all interrelate and there's there's story threads through that and and somebody who's 
better at narratives than me could probably string something together very easily. But I've got some basic um, um, treatments like TV shows mm. with a small group of group of characters and how they would interrelate late and and an arc for the story, but not an actual written out story, you know, dialogue and stuff. I mean, that's not, that's not what I'm good at. Right. So, right. Yeah. It sounds I like you just need to team work, up, team up with a writer. Yeah, You need to work with, with smarter people than you and, 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 you know, people that have the talent for that. Yeah, exactly. That's what I hired Mike to, to write all the text for um, the dystopia book because it's like, I'm not a writer, you know, I wish I was, um, I, I just didn't put my attention there, but your stuff is, uh, yeah, I think we did. We mentioned this in the, first podcast that lasted 20 minutes and got and didn't record but um you, your stuff is so suited for a, a movie it would just you know it would be a crime if that never happened because you it, know I, 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 I thoroughly believe it will happen i think these days it's more likely to be a netflix show right than a movie i mean i was always thinking it was going to be a movie but right. it's, it's more like a netflix show i think a netflix now, show would be better. Would be better well like a, a longer running thing so it could you it could be deeper and darker. Yeah, a TV show would be amazing, man. It, it would. And and I, I, I for years I wanted to say it was like no, it has to be stop motion. It can only be stop motion. But now CG's got to the point where it, it's like fine. It is it can be CG. It, right. It, it, as, as long as it looks solid and real and grungy yeah, yeah. and broken. It's What's fine. That? Did you see that movie that's it was a CG movie called Nine? Oh yeah. 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 I, that was that, that had, I mean, just as far as the visual sense, that really kind of showed. That definitely had elements. Yeah, yeah, it showed Thing. what you could you could do it well in CG. You know, yeah. you could do it well I mean, in either mediums. The really, closest, the closest thing vibe wise that exists out there in the world, I think, is Box Trolls, like a oh, film yeah, that's yeah, got yeah. that's got that kind of wonky, broken. Colorful and whimsical, but really dark. That's that's right. the weird balance I've got to get. It's it's not nasty, but right. it's not nice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've been approached by companies that just want to do preschool kids shows, and I'm like, it's really not that. Doesn't I mean, capture like, you the could, spirit of it. No, you know, I'm happy to make a preschool kids show with them if they want, but it's you can't just pull straight from my world and do that. It won't work for you. Yeah. I, I really think if you had a uh, a team of people around you like us, people that are, are good in their field but aren't part of the studio scene that are doing stuff on their own, you know, it could happen. It could happen with a oh, yeah. Kickstarter. Happen when the time's right. I think I yeah, think yeah. The right. yeah, yeah, that's one thing that we missed yeah. out on the last one is uh, <laughs> you did say that, that, that you really believe that things happen when the time is right. When the time's right for it, that happen things things align, you know, when the stars are right, yeah. as they say, it's, yeah. it's things line up and new avenues open up and it, it definitely happens. I can look back, I can look back over my various careers and like there's, there's been times where I've literally just thrown everything up in the air and just stepped away from a job mm-hmm. or, or, a, or a whole career path, not knowing what the hell I was going to do. <laughs> and opportunities just opened up left, right and center in front of me. You know, yep. it's that leap of faith situation. It's that follow your bliss I'm thing. Much, yeah. I'm much less likely to do that now. Now I've got a son and, you know, a house and, and everything. You know, when you're younger, it's easier. Oh just, yeah. Yeah. Just the ties, but, but it'll happen. You get, you know, the university forces you into, in directions and, and pushes you into a corner 
that you might be uncomfortable in. But but once you embrace it or realize that you're only uncomfortable in it because you're trying to do something you're not shouldn't be doing at that time. Right. And change direction. Absolutely. Yeah, you just gotta. I'm, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in looking for omens in things. I look for omens all the time. Yeah, I was gonna say. It sounds like you, you yeah. have, have a, you, you have kind of a magical mindset, which is good. I think. Yeah, I, I, I think I try to. I try to. I mean, a lot of people tell me I do. Yeah, um, sounds like it to I, me. I, I <laughs> <laughs> then I say I meet, I meet people that that. I think are truly magical and I'm like, wow, I wish I could be like a proper <laughs> one, foot, one foot in another world. Like, like, um, you know, in my, when I was out in LA, I liked to visit, uh, Christopher. Ulrich. Uh, Ulrich. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love the guy. Yeah. He's, he's amazing. Like, he's, I know. I feel the a, same way with him. <laughs> I he's a the... unique individual. And he's... he's like, if I can spend some time with Christopher, yeah. that's, that he's... makes me a better person. Yeah. He's like a full on mystic. I think. Oh yeah! You know, oh yeah! He's the real thing. Yeah. He's the, exactly yeah. He's the real deal. He's, yeah, he's like yeah. what all the people think an artist should be. Yeah. Like, no, <laughs> you got to see what he's, he's working the, on now, man. It's oh yeah. It's, I was there a couple of weeks ago. So. Oh, did you see his books and everything? His sketchbooks. Yeah, I went out to his studio. In, yeah, in the house. Big, oh my god. The, yeah, spent time in the house. It's crazy. He's got. A, I. I. If he doesn't do it, I'm gonna have the photographer I use. I'm going to pay and have him photograph the house before because that place is getting torn yeah. down. He has yeah, to no, get that exactly. photographed, man. He has to get it photographed. Yeah, that I would... think there's a, plan. there's a plan to photograph it. And, and I think they were talking about maybe even opening up as a, as a exhibition space before. Oh, that would be amazing. Wow. Or it was because it's, yeah, it's, yeah, like... it's going to be criminal. It's gone. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, he's, I, took he's... Bunch, I took a bunch of photos of everything whilst I was there. Oh, great. Yeah, he's doing really well now. He's doing great. He is. He is. And, you know, good luck to him. He deserves it. He's amazing. Yeah. yeah amazing. Yeah. Absolutely a genius. But, you know, you, 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 you've got the magic too. <laughs> you know, that's a lot of, a lot of times that that's, I've been thinking about this lately. It's, it's like, that's kind of all it really <clears throat> requires on a base level to start having a more magical mindset is this, it's just having the attitude that you don't have to worry about everything and that yeah. it'll all kind of be taken care of. Yeah. You know? And Which is hard. I know. It's, it's really hard. hard. Yeah, right. But you think it, on right. the surface, it's the easiest thing in the world. Oh, just don't worry. Yeah. Just don't worry about yeah. it. But it's, yeah, it's really hard. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, the more the more you can let go. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'd say the easier it is. It's not, it's not easy. Easy is the wrong word. If you if you can let go, it's like getting into that sort of slightly unfocusing your eyes thing, right? Get a certain mindset, mm-hmm. sort of going with it, letting letting things come through you rather than you controlling everything and controlling it. Yeah, right. Which is a really hard thing to articulate to people. Yeah, yeah. Alan, um, you know Alan Watts. Have you ever listened to Alan Watts, philosopher? Like I said, he's an English guy from. He was one of the first people to bring, I think, Zen philosophy to the West. And right, no, um, I don't. oh man, you you dig it it's so I good. So, tons of YouTube uh, lectures. He was doing this in the fifties and sixties and seventies, I think. And um, he mentions uh, that in a way that makes sense, where he's saying like we have 
we have a thing that's we have like spotlight consciousness and floodlight consciousness and spotlight mm. con- consciousness is when you're focused on one thing and floodlight you know like a spotlight will just shine a light in a certain spot and floodlight consciousness is kind of like your unconscious or your subconscious where it's like illuminating everything and it's like the the uh the whole focus of western culture is is all about spotlight consciousness and we totally neglect this other aspect of our consciousness which is floodlight consciousness which is kind of where all the the inspiration comes from and mm-hmm. and i thought that was kind of a cool way of putting it but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, i have to look him up i've heard, i've heard that idea though so mm-hmm. whether it was from you or, or but, but definitely but i mean I, I live i live in a place which is magical i i i got away from the cities and i live out in the country yeah and i i try and connect with that and, and a lot of my friends are very magical and my wife is magical oh cool and 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 yeah i i, I totally believe all of that stuff yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm i'm totally a forces beyond your control not 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 pushing you and pulling you just 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 there just just working with you right sort of right yeah yeah um but yeah, I'm not sure how much of this comes through in my work. I mean, I know, I know how it how it ends up being created, but I don't think any of it's obvious. Well, in the final, season. but but the the but, very um, the very act of creating the work though is basically magic. You know, it really yeah. is. You oh, know, yeah. it's like envisioning an idea and manifesting yeah. it in the world is exactly magic. <laughs> you know, right? So yeah, literally, literally bringing something into existence that didn't exist before. Right. Is, yeah, and so just oh. just any artwork that's created from the heart, I think, is magical at its core, you know. And so there's that kind of energy that it has. That's I think that's mm. why people are drawn to real art from that that um, comes from someone's heart. That's not like oh, mm. this is going to sell well, so I'm going to do this, and you know. This this is the the, the main thing I've discovered is that <clears throat> when you become sidetracked and you try. And think what what will sell, what will be a good thing, what's what's a what's a commercial idea that I can latch onto, and if I make this thing, loads of people will buy it because it's popular and stuff. And it's not coming from a true place in you. It's coming from this sort of, it, it's coming from desperation. Right. And, and, and whenever I've done that, it's not sold. Same here, man. People, people can. <laughs> Smell, they can smell the insincerity on a piece, <laughs> even, even like just across the internet, and it's like it just doesn't work. Right. And then when you just uh, screw it and you do, you go off on one and you do this thing that that might be completely crazy or just just a bit like you know like left field of what you've been doing and stuff, and you just it just comes out of you and people connect with it. Right. It's yeah, you can't you. You should never force it. You should never overthink stuff. I mean, no. I said that. I, from a physical point of view, I overthink everything. Not the yeah. <laughs> well, that's how you I know. <laughs> build it in my head four times before I even start construction in the real world, as it were. But you know, that's all part of the process of like right. bringing it into existence. It has to. It has to exist in my head first. Yeah, but you're also you're allowing the idea to happen <clears throat> in the way that it wants to happen. You're not like you know. Yeah necessarily going oh i'm going to create this because this is what's popular right now and so i have to have this element yeah that doesn't work. yeah never doesn't. works it's the worst uh, i've never i've never been popular from i mean when my stuff's been popular it's because i've done it and put it out and people have liked it not 
because I've chased something that's popular. Right, yeah. So like, um, it's funny that you're saying, getting back to the steampunk thing, it's funny that the steampunk thing was like really hot for a minute because mm-hmm. that was completely um, at the same time as I was doing things, but I was completely unrelated to it. I was no connection to that stuff at all. And I, I you know, I don't consider myself a steampunk right. at all. <laughs> I don't, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I read like Difference Engine back in the day when that was that's where it all came from the, the William Gibson book right. you know back in the 60s. but I've never taken part in the, the the whole cosplay thing and that whole steampunk world at all you know right right um, and I sort of exist outside that and and um, but it, it's odd that that has become a popular thing in the world at the same time as mine it's, it's like that's the other theory there's time for things in the world. You know, it's time for aeroplanes. So four people invent aeroplanes. Right, it's time yeah, for yeah, yeah. Uh, it's time for the, 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 this thing has its moment. Absolutely, you know, it's it, it, nothing to do with the people it's coming through. Right. Absolutely. So, it's time. It was time for steampunk. It was time for steampunk. <laughs> and it's time for dark art now. Yeah, that's the same thing. You know, when I started, I was like, that was my whole thing was like <clears throat> testing the follow your bliss theory with my stuff because i was like there's no way people are gonna <laughs> gonna buy this shit <laughs> i think it's amazing but who else is gonna think it's amazing so if the follow your bliss thing is true then it'll yeah. sell eventually and so I, I saw it as like a test i've been talking about it my whole life i'm like okay i'm gonna put my money where my mouth is and it happened you know it happened it took you know time and work and stuff but it's because oh yeah it's people that's why I think people forget that they don't, they they hear this follow your bliss thing and they think oh yeah you just do whatever and yeah yeah like, you've, got to, you've got to you've got to really work at it hard right you've absolutely to to your ability yeah yeah you have to yeah. yeah yeah you have to follow following your bliss a lot of time involves a lot of really hard work that you have to do yeah. to make it happen you know but yeah yeah so I just it's. I, I, I think that's a, like a life lesson too, really. I mean, you should live your life the way you create your art, which is, you know, live from the heart and try not to control things so much and let go. It's like, a, it's all Zen philosophy, basically, you know, mm-hmm. which I'm totally into. Mm-hmm. But Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we're up at about an hour here. Do you have any? Okay, where this time? You know what I wanted to. What I, one thing I wanted to ask you is that you said <clears throat> you, yeah. you know Brian and Wendy Froud. Only a bit, but I do know them. And you have an original. I saw you. You have a really cool collection. I don't, I I don't, honestly, I've only got. We've got little originals. The ones, the ones I have in the living room, are not actually originals. Looking at them. Oh, okay. The Julia Jeffries original, which I was mistaking for a second, but no, they're, they're prints I've got up in the living room. No, we've got little, we've got little sketches. But I've met, I've met, we've done, I've done. Um, you see the fairy, uh, fairy market circuit in Glastonbury and places, and um, Brian Froud and Wendy often did booths there, and we'd be like next to each other when we got chatting. Oh, really? And, that's, that's but, the best I mean, way to meet someone like that. <laughs> you know, I've, I've been, I've been a fan of the work since. Oh yeah, me too. Forever. So I remember being horribly tongue-tied the first time I met them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just just hanging out and 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 knowing them. And then I was in the middle of New York Toy Fair, not Toy Fair, New York Comic Con once, and I got a, a a tap on the shoulder and turned around, and it was Brian Froud. Wow! And that was it was quite a nice moment of like 
being recognized in the crowd. <laughs> That's so cool. So I was like super impressed the people I was with. That was great. But um, <laughs> no, I, I think I think friends would be going to. I mean, okay, you know, okay. I friends on my part, but oh, no, I've never visited the house and stuff. Right, I, right. I know them. That's cool. That's amazing. Yeah. Which is, they're, and they are amazing people. I've heard that over and over. Everyone tells, oh, tells yeah. me they're just like the coolest people. Such a sweet couple and just so, yeah, so true. So yeah. they're absolutely. That's awesome. I'm glad to see. Full of great advice. They just, just, you know, just spout great advice without even realizing it. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. More mystics. <laughs> oh yeah, but, but very, very, very earthy as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, 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 you get on. You would get on well with them. But yeah, no, I've not seen them for a while now, so but, um, they're still about. I'll just run into them again at some point. That's how it tends to go. Yeah. As I said, like, when I ran into when I ran into them in New York, um, so it was right in the middle of the busy floor at New York Comic Con, and then the time I'd seen them previously was like a month before in a field in Devon. So, <laughs> well, it must have been, you know, cosmic <laughs> meant to be. <laughs> I mean, I know artists all over the world, and like you don't see people for years, and then you just like bump into them and carry on the conversation. Right, right, yeah, yeah, exactly. How was uh, how was Designer Con? That's what I want to ask you. Also, it was amazing. It was you amazing. Like it yeah, better people... in the big space. Um, I'm not used to it. Yeah. I think that's the main thing. I mean, everybody loved Pasadena, just and but I mean, half of the Pasadena thing was that it was cozy. People right. got used to it. I know. And no. went anywhere to eat. They got the hotel. I know. You know, know. Every scene. It's fifteen um, minutes from my house. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you didn't come because it was too far from your house. You said, you yeah, know, it's like that's a long, long drive, and I probably have to get a hotel. It just cuts down on you know the money it could make, basically. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd have you to know, probably I'm, rent a truck and. But um, yeah, it was huge, huge. Did you um, do, did you do well? <clears throat> I did really well. I did better than I've done in the last ten years. So, oh yeah. wow! Well, there so, you go. So, um, but it's just not. It's not. It's not intimate um, anymore. It's not bedded in yet into its new space. Oh, okay, people have got yeah, people yeah. I think it'll be it'll be just as good there. Really? It, it was as good. It's got some teething troubles. Mm -hmm. Just because it's, it's in a new space and it's got bigger, but um, it had the same vibe. Just as friendly. Oh, okay, that's just, good. Just as eclectic. Oh, good. good. And I was very happy with it. Yeah, and and um, I think Ben's done done an amazing job with it. I mean, growing into that size, oh, yeah. just organic. Yeah, Ben's awesome. He's a great guy. It's, it's 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 wonderful to see it get bigger. But yeah, it's just daunting. I think it like you know freak people. And that's basically what it what it came down to. It's, yeah, it's, it's people don't like change, but they'll yeah. three years in, nobody will remember. Right, that's so, true. <laughs> It was just so convenient for me to to, to to be able to go home right afterwards and go to sleep in my own bed. But you know, maybe I'll give it a try next year. Everything I've heard from everybody who exhibited there did really well. So yeah, they just said the yeah, the space between the booths were huge or something. Yeah, it was like twenty foot high. It was crazy. <laughs> you could no longer have a conversation. With yeah, hey, he's like, waving way over there. Yeah. <laughs> But that thing, it never felt busy because of that. Because oh, you know, wow. it always felt there was only a few people bouncing around. But because the hall was bigger, right? I think the football was 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 bigger than Pasadena had ever been. But it, right. it always felt like it was like just a few people wandering around. But yeah. it was. But that was the odd thing about it. It kind of like ticked over. You were never never mobbed. There was like always room. Right. There was always people wandering around, and you kind of thought like 
I, I'm, I'm thinking like, yeah, it's been steady sales, but it's just been, you know, there's never been a crush like you get at these things. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And then, you, you, you know, you do the math at the end of the day and you're like, oh, that was a really, really good day. <laughs> just like much more chilled. So. Right, right. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. One last thing. One last thing. Yeah. Um, now, Guillermo del Toro is, is a huge collector of your work, right? He's got quite a few pieces. He's commissioned me directly for pieces. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I've done. Yeah, I've done. I've done direct commissions for like he's like given me specifics of what he wanted. Yeah, and I've designed it and made it for him and then delivered it. So that was oh, nice. cool. But yeah. I've not, I've not, I've not had any direct contact with him for a while now. Not, yeah, you know, he's been off not since Crimson Peak, I guess. But he's, right. you know, he's been a lot more busy. I know. I know. So I don't like to bug him. Same here. It's like I, I, I you know, there's some, there's every once in a while, it's like I want to show him something or just whatever, yeah. not even something I did, but just something that's cool. And uh, I just don't want to bug him because I know he's, yeah. everybody bugs him. Yeah, yeah. And he's and so I mean, busy. Since they, since they bought her, his, his bandwidth must have dropped massively. People must be bugging him. A thousand times. Oh, I know, so, I know, I know. And he's such a nice guy too. He's like, he's, yeah, oh he's, man, when, I, when the fires, when the fires were on, and I heard about that, the, oh, the I house, know. Was in like, like, I was like, yeah, that was a worrying time. I know, I know. Thank like, God. Yeah, it's okay. But did, that, did, that was, I was gen, genuinely upset about. It. Yeah, I know. Me too. Um, <clears throat> I had another collector who who had a, her her house was in danger um, oh. during the fires, and and. It burned all around her house, and it didn't get her house. It's crazy. She had like some really, I mean, aside from her whole life being in there, she had a really yeah. amazing art collection as well. It's it's terrible. Yeah. Did you were you in that uh, the the uh, the museum show Guillermo did? No, no. Oh, I really? Thought, I, well, there might be a piece, but I don't. I mean, I I went to the LA one, and there was nothing of mine in there. Oh, that's too bad. Um. But I, I would have thought I would have been told if something was in. But then I've heard from other artists that had pieces in that they didn't know they had pieces oh. in until somebody sent a photo. So right, I don't honestly, I don't know. It's it's possible. Yeah, but yeah. I've never had anybody send me because there was like three or four different versions of the show touring. Wasn't there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Well, his, his you, had, you had some stuff in it. Didn't yeah, you? I had uh, one. I had two, two, three paintings. I think yeah. paintings are easier too. I mean, your stuff's yeah. I imagine it's hard to go on a tour. Yeah, yeah, you'd, you'd need some some custom made crates to move it and that stuff. So yeah, 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 right. But you has got bigger pieces. Your stuff is very well re- uh, represented in his home. That's for sure. Yeah, 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 I'm really yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I'm gonna let you go because uh, I, I, it's you know this is. An, an hour ten, but we spoke for twenty minutes before this, and it didn't record. Oh my god! So uh, hopefully, um, hopefully, I was a little confused in the beginning, but hopefully, uh, you guys will enjoy this. But thanks so much for coming on. Um, you, you, give me your website again. I'll, I will post it, but uh, just say it also. Mectorians dot com. Mectorians. M e c h. M e c h t o E-O-R-I-A-N-S. Victorians. Mechanical Victorians. Yes. Oh, there you go. Victorians.com. Yeah. And definitely. Um, that'll be the, ho- the, the, there's, that's the hub. There's, there should be links there out to my, um, yeah, Instagram, Patreon, 
uh, Twitter. I'm mostly on Instagram and Patreon, though. Okay. Honestly, yeah, and I pretty much pretty much stepped away from Facebook. Yeah, I'm. It's I'm, Facebook. Yeah. Basically, I'm on there, but not I mean, as much as I used to be, man. I can't take it. You know, I'm, just, I'm trying to cut a lot of the toxic stuff out because mm-hmm. I just, I just have to. Um, and yeah, I know Instagram's still owned by Facebook, but it's you know. It's less political, that's for sure. I can't do everything at the same time. So. <laughs> I know, we got to be loving. But I, I suggest, you know, if you guys have a Patreon account, if you're following uh, my Patreon account, you should follow Bruce's because it's really great and he's a great yeah, guy. I just, I just, I'd like to plug my new, oh, yeah. I have a whole new mini-series just out with Kid Robot. Oh, cool. That was out a couple of weeks ago. It's uh, mini blind box figures, three-inch figures, 14 different characters, and they're like 15 bucks each. Really? You did They've, yeah, Kid they've done a beautiful job, little vinyl figures. 14 different characters of, of your character? 14 different characters, yeah, and I've got... That's I've got amazing. Like, like carnival characters. I've got a, a Johnny Heck character in there. Oh, cool. <laughs> and, uh, some some conjoined twins and um, musicians and a librarian and all sorts. Just, yeah. That's excellent. I'm pushing those at the moment, okay. so I just want to plug them. So they can find that at kidrobot. Dot com. And I've got them all on my website as well. My oh, okay. web store, Big Cartel, um, Mectorians at Big Cartel. Um, I've got them all there, blind box and open box and, and AP, signed AP sets with prints and things. And, and actually the the uh, piece I did with you is still up on my web store. So if somebody wants to buy it straight oh, away, okay, they cool. can go to the web store and buy it. Yeah, right on. And, and, it, and it'll ship from the United States because I have it. <laughs> I just have to put it back. To, well, actually, I wouldn't put it back together because I'd be shipping it in pieces. But yeah. <laughs> well, thanks again for making the time. Sorry about wasting twenty minutes of your life. Uh, that's fine. Yeah. Um, Technology. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Thank you, Brad, for inviting me because I listen to the, the show regularly and it's it's one of my regular podcast listeners. Oh, cool, man. Glad the the fact that. that you thought it was worth well, having on as an art as a uh, an interviewee was. Um, is quite humbling. Thank Are you. you kidding? You've been on the list since we started. You were one of the first <laughs> people I thought of. <laughs> yeah, well. So excellent. All right. Well, um, thanks again. Thank you everybody for listening. Uh, if you want to support this podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash dark art society. I think that's it. Anyway, there's a link in the description. Uh, anything helps a buck a month is, is useful for sure. So, um, and appreciate your support. You could also like and share the podcast, like it on iTunes and whatever platform you listen on. And, uh, we will speak to y'all next week and thanks again Bruce and thank you all and goodbye everybody say goodbye Bruce goodbye (laughs) goodbye Bruce